I'd like to say good evening to everyone. My name is Felicia Hamilton, and I will be your moderator for this session. Welcome to another lecture given by members of the Southfield, Michigan class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield class was established in 1997. The president of the, I'm sorry, the dean of the Southfield class is Dr. Marvin Lewis. The president is Dr. Edward Yule. The vice president is Dr. Ronald Atkins. And the superintendent is Dr. Jarrell Lewis. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the word or son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim is the title our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia will prove that neither the Greek language, the Hebrew language, nor the Latin language had any characters or letters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. 
In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in the vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary aims and constitutional objectives of the class are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstitions, skepticisms, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men 
whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And 10, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in a new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. At this time, we would like to have the class dedicated in prayer by Dr. Derek Argon, followed by a scripture, which will be Mark the 11th chapter read by Dr. Diane Atkins. Good evening, class. Good evening. Let's bow our hearts and mind in a moment of prayer. <clears throat> we ask you, Yahshua Messiah, to continue to guide us, to comfort us, to ensure us, to strengthen us in these last days. For we cannot make it without you. You're like the air we breathe. You are the air we breathe. <laughs> You're the life we live. We owe you so much. So for these two hours and beyond, let us just give you all the attention that you deserve. Because without you, <laughs> there is no hope. And without no hope, oh, Father, we'll be miserable for, forever. So I, I thank you. I, I thank you. I thank you for bringing the class together and showing us more every day, um, showing us you to where we, uh, we become more confident, knowing that you already prepared salvation. We ask in these blessings in national size name, let us all say hallelujah. Hello. Good evening, class. Good evening. Um, I will be reading Mark the eleventh chapter. I'll be uh, reading from the Holy Name Bible, containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments, critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts, revised by. A.B. Trainer, the Scripture Research Association Incorporated. That's Mark, the 11th chapter. And when they came nigh to Jerusalem unto Bethel at the Mount of Olives, he sent forth two of his disciples and saith unto them, Go your way into the village over against you. And as soon as ye be entered into it, ye shall find a coat tied whereon never man set loose him and bring him and if any man say unto you why do you why do you this say ye that rabbi have need of him and straightway he will send him hither and they went their way and found the coat tied by the door without without in a place where two ways met and they loosed him and certain of them that stood there said unto them, what do ye loosen the coat? And they said unto them, even as Joshua had commanded, and they let them go. And they brought the coat to Joshua and cast their garments on him. And he set upon him. 
and many spread their, and I'm sorry, excuse me, and many spread their garments in the way, and others cu cut down branches off trees and strewed them in the way. And they that went before, and they that followed, cried, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of Yahweh. Blessed be the king of kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of Yahweh. Hosanna in the highest. And Yahshua entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked around upon, upon all things, and now the eventide was come, he went out unto Beth, Beth, Bethany with the twelve. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Yahshua answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee thereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. And they come to Jerusalem. And Yahshua went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and brought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that stood that sold doves, excuse me, and would, and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, it is not written, my house shall be called the house of prayer for all people but ye have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and chief priests heard it and thought how they might destroy him, for they feared him, because all the people was astonished at his doctrine. And when even, and when even was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Rabbi, behold, the fig tree which thou curtest is withered away. And Yahshua answered, saith unto them, Have faith in Yahweh. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever sh shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive. If ye have ought against any, that your father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. And they come again to Jerusalem. And as he was walking in the temple, there come to him the chief priests and the scribes and the elders and say unto him, by what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority to do these things? And Yahshua answered and said unto them, I will also ask of you one question and answer me. 
and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The immersement of John, was it from heaven or of men? Answer me. And they reasoned with themselves saying, if we shall say from heaven, he will say, why then did ye not believe him? But if we say, shall say of men, they feared the people. For all men counted John that he was a prophet indeed. And they answered and said unto Yahshua, we cannot tell. And Yahshua answering, saying, saith unto them, neither do I tell you by what authority I do these things. That was Mark, the 11th chapter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Ogon, for that beautiful prayer and Dr. Atkins for the scripture lesson. We want to once again welcome everyone out to our lecture this evening. We are always happy to see our visiting brethren, our brethren from around the world, and of course, our Southfield brethren. We thank you and we're glad that Yahweh allowed you to attend today's uh, lecture. And before we begin, we'd like to remind everyone to please keep your cameras turned off and your cell phone, I'm sorry, and your microphone muted unless you're called on to speak or read. We will also let our speakers know that you will see a five minute bell, um, please a uh, slide, please acknowledge the slide when you, we've given you five minutes to uh, end your discourse. And for our first speaker of the evening, we're happy to call from our Southfield class, Dr. Jarnice Bivens. Dr. Bivens. Give her a moment, and then sometimes she has an issue with her phone. Um, good evening, class. Good evening. Um, it's an honor and a privilege to have anything to say about Yahshua, mm -hmm. the Messiah, because I know that he is the teacher. Um, I enjoyed the prayer uh, from Dr. Ordon. Um, and yes, like he said, all the things that we learn in this gospel is to build our confidence. And the confidence has to come from that vision, the revelation that Dr. Henry Cooney Clifford had in 1931. Um, he said he had a profound vision and a revelation given to him directly from Yahweh Elohim. And you have to believe that. You have to believe it for yourself and you have to ask Yahshua to increase your understanding. And if you ask him, he will. Um, and every day he is increasing my understanding. And all I can say is thank you for helping me to understand that tabernacle pattern that Dr. Kinley um, gave us. Um, and 
showed us how, gave us the revelation of how it um, corresponds with um, the events in history that are so important to us. I mean, important for us um, because to know the creator and to know the name of Yahshua Messiah, it means eternal life. Um, so um, I've had so many things on my mind that I had um, been trying to just get an understanding for myself and be asking Yashua to increase my understanding so that I can articulate <laughs> a little better. Uh, so let me see. Um, the chart, um, Elohim archetype, original pattern of the universe. Um, I know that this is the, the vision that Yahweh Elohim gave to Moses in Mount Sinai. And at that time, when Yahweh Elohim told Moses his name, nobody else knew his name. Um, right. Can we go to Exodus, the third chapter? All right. Did you want me to start at three and one? Yes, please. Okay. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of Elohim, even to Horeb. And the angel of Elohim appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. Okay. Um, now I just want to say in that first chapter, he was working. Moses was not um, serving Yahshua at that. I mean, serving Yahweh at the time. He was, you know, just minding the flock for his father-in-law. And Yahweh's angel came and spoke to him because he was chosen. He was chosen from birth to do the things that he has to do. And that just gives me, you know, a confidence in my life too, that when I look at this vision and revelation, I know that Yahweh Elohim had the story written from beginning to end and he had me in mind just like he had Moses in mind and this is to build my confidence so um so in the second chapter it's saying that um he saw the angel of Yahweh in a flame in a in the fire in the midst of the bush and but the bush wasn't being consumed and it caught his attention because it wasn't 
something that he could understand. When we see fire burning, it usually consumes. So he had to look again. So uh, you can go ahead to uh, the next scripture, please. Mm -hmm. Third verse. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush is, why the bush is not burnt. And that's how we have to do when we come to Yahweh to know him. We have to turn aside the things that the world has put in our heart and mind. And just look for the truth because Yahweh is the truth. Okay, you can go ahead. Mm -hmm. Fourth verse. And when Yahweh, I'm sorry, when Elohim saw that he turned aside to see, Yahweh called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. And he said, draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place where thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the Elohim of thy father, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob. And Moses, Before you go any further, I just wanted to say about that scripture. He comes to each one of us like that. Right. He, he, he comes and he introduces himself to you. I didn't get it at first, but that's exactly what happened when I met him. A sister talk, just introduced him to me. And that was him introducing himself to me. That was him knocking on my heart to see if I was willing to answer to him. And that's something that every one of us has to do. We have to um, we have to accept him. We have to find out about him. We have to learn about him. Um, so we can you know make a decision and we know that in this world we have to make a decision one way or another another because if you're not for then you are definitely against okay mm -hmm. and moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon elohim and help and elohim said i have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in egypt and i have heard the their cry by reason of their taskmasters for I know their sorrows, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good land and a large, into a land flowing with milk and honey, and to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Um, I just want to interrupt. In verse 8, he said, I am come down to deliver them out of the land. And that's what he, he did. He came down as Yahweh Elohim and created everything that was in created, that was created. And he came down as Joshua the Messiah to provide the salvation. And we know that Moses is just like a, 
um, what's the word? Um, Assessor. Yes, okay. Go ahead, finish reading. Um, okay. It was verse 10, I think. Yes. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayst bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto Elohim, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly, I will be with thee. And that's the most important part. He said, mm -hmm. Who am I? It's not about us. It's, right. about, it's not about the person. He is not a respect to a person. It's not about you. It's that he is going to be with you. And that's a promise. So you have to, you know, believe that because that's the truth that no matter what you go through, he's going to be with you. He is with you. He is your heir, as Brother Rodorn said. He is our heir. He is our, all we have to do is believe it and know it. Okay, thank you. you go ahead. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Moses said unto Elohim, who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he says, certainly I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve Elohim upon this mountain. And Moses said unto Elohim, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The Elohim of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And Elohim said unto Moses, I will be, have sent me, has, excuse me, and Elohim said unto Moses, I will be, have sent me. Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I will be, have sent me unto you. And Elohim said, moreover unto Moses, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, Yahweh, the Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Jacob, and the Elohim of Isaac have sent me unto you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial unto all generations. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. And this was something that I had to find for myself. It was a, a time when nobody knew his name. So me coming into the truth and finding out his name, to me, it goes according to the pattern also because I have to find him and I have to get to know him. So, um, and his name doesn't change. This verse says that this is my name forever. And this is my memorial unto all generations. And so to me, that means that when they decided to change his name, that that was something that man decided to do. And that wasn't what Yahweh intended. So he meant for us to, um, to know him and he left ways in this world for us to know him. Um, and we know that, um, hmm. 
okay. Um, okay. But his name is Yahweh. And Yahweh is spirit. And he, that's his first, that's his, that's his most powerful form. And to start creation, um, he came down from that form as um, Elohim and Can we get um, John 1 1? Sure. That's John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with Yahweh, and the Word was Yahweh. The right. same was in the beginning with Yahweh. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Okay, so that lets us know that um, Yahweh came down and as Elohim, and that's how he did, he, he made the creation, everything that is in creation. Um, and we know that his, the, he came down from that state into a physical form as Joshua the Messiah to provide a sacrifice for his creation. Um, and that's in verse 13. Well, could you? Um, Fourteen verse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. Right. So we have to understand that. Um, they changed his name. Um, you know, the Y was changed from a Y to an I, and then it was changed to a J. And you can look that up, you know, this is a school and I had to do my research and you have to do yours too. And every time you do it, you'll um, build more confidence and the things that you know and those things are so important now in this time because that's all we have to hold on to is the truth um yahweh elohim yashua is the truth and um my faith is confirmed and I'm thankful for every day that he gives me um, a little bit more understanding. I know, um, I know I have, you know, I have done my research to confirm that, you know, his name was Yahweh and that it was, when it was translated from Hebrew, it was translated from the Tetragrammaton, which is that Y-H-W-H. And um, they don't have a J in their language, not to this day. And 
I just would say, uh, just continue to seek. That's where I'm going to keep on seeking him and praying that um, I get a little more clarity every day. But I'm thankful for what I have because I know the world doesn't have it. And um, I know that um, Yahshua means Yahweh Elohim is salvation. And uh, with that, I'm going to yield the floor. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Dr. Bivens. For our next speaker, we're happy to call from our, from our Saginaw branch, Dr. Paula Phillips Brown. Dr. Brown? Good evening to everyone. Good evening. Um, oh, please. It's a pleasure and an honor um, to have anything to say about our creator um, and the savior, Yahweh Elohim, Yahshua, and to um, give him thanks always for giving us another opportunity to learn of him as he really is and actually is it, exists. Excuse me. Um, I really enjoyed the previous speaker. Um, and we do understand that this is a school and not a church. So we're all here to learn. Um, and there's something to learn every day. Yahshua is the teacher. So let's start with that. John 14 and 26. Mm -hmm. And if That's you need any comfort, excuse me. Mm -hmm. And what Yahweh says is true. He says what he means and means what he, what he says. If you want and, and want to seek any comfort, it is through Yahshua. So go right ahead. You can go ahead and start with John 14, 26. John 14 and 26. But the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So who's speaking? This is Yahshua. This is Yahshua. And if you're reading out of King James Version of the Bible, it's in red letters. Um, right. Unfortunately, uh, it has the erroneous name of Jesus in there. Uh, but we do know for a fact that the Savior name is Yahshua. The previous speaker went through that um, there is no J in the Hebrew language, not then and not now, not in the Greek or the Latin language. And it definitely was the last le letter added to the English alphabet. So it wasn't even really in existence until what the 16th, 17th century. So how could it possibly be that the, the Savior name is, is Jesus, let alone Jehovah as, as the father? So um, again, this is a school and it was brought to us through this divine vision and revelation by the founder, 
that was given to him directly from Yahweh Elohim. Um, he gave us this divine vision revelation of Yahshua the Messiah. And he did say, and of course I was not around during the time that he, Dr. Kenley was in the flesh. We do not, we do know, we do not worship a man. We worship Yahweh Elohim through Yahshua in spirit and in truth. And he has made it very clear in his lectures, transcripts, so forth, that he is not our savior. So we want to make that clear that we worship Yahweh Elohim through Yahshua in spirit and in truth. And he did say that don't believe him because he said and make him prove it to our satisfaction. And we say it down here to this day. Don't believe anything that we say. Check it out. Research it. It's for your own soul salvation. And Yahweh will prove himself. He don't have to really prove anything. He will definitely reveal his existence, um, especially to his sons. And that's what we're coming down here for. We're coming down here to learn Yahweh Elohim, Yahshua, as he really is and actually exists. And again, if you are seeking any comfort, the comforter is the Holy Spirit. And he has a name. I did not know nothing about a Holy Spirit, let alone a, 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 the Holy Spirit had a name. But he said he would send another com comforter. Read that over for me, please, Dr. Hamilton. Yes. John 14 and 26. But the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. And he is speaking to his, his disciples at the time. Mm -hmm. And this is before his um, death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and mm -hmm. outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So when he said another comforter, because he was the, a comforter to them in the flesh, but when he takes off the flesh, he is a quickening spirit that was outpoured to all mankind. And to learn about him and to accept the truth, we can also have that Holy Spirit within us. And that causes us to have comfort and peace and joy and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. So mm -hmm. that is the number one thing that I am so grateful for. And I can almost say that everyone concurs to that who truly have somewhat of a knowledge and understanding how Yahweh operates, that he has a purpose, a pattern, and a plan of salvation. Um, not gonna really go through the names, but can you go to the Moses chart? Because I know the previous speaker was talking about this Moses chart. And in the third chapter of Exodus, when Yahweh gives Moses his name, 
um, at the burning bush. First, he told him, Aya Asha, Aya, meaning I will be what I will to be. And then he told him um, that his name was Yahweh, the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And this is his name forever and to all generations. So that does not change. Yahweh does not change and he does not lie. So when he said that it's his name forever, that means forever. Ever. He did not tell mankind nowhere in that Bible to change his name. He told him not to, right. you know. But we already know this is already predestined. This is Yahweh's story. And you are right. This is not about us. It's about Yahshua the Messiah, you know, how he came in to fulfill everything that was written of him in the law and the prophets. And he did that to a jot and to a tittle. Even with this Moses chart, and this Moses chart is called the Elohim, the archetype original pattern of the universe. You know, Yahweh, Elohim is, is the creative of all things. And we have Yahweh up there in his high and lofty state where we have the uh, symbol of the cloud. And it says Yahweh is spirit manifesting within the cloud, symbolizing eternity, Jerusalem above. So this is Yahweh in his high and lofty state, in pure spirit. We can't see it, we can't comprehend it. It's inscrutable, it's incomprehensible. He has these nine divine attributes, you know. And there's many, many more attributes, but there are nine divine attributes. And for anyone to come into an understanding, he came down out of his high and lofty state into a shape and form, which we have pictured up here with Moses. And it says um, the panoramic vision of Elohim to Moses in Mount Sinai. And the shape and form is Yahweh Elohim. This is a super incorporeal form without flesh and blood. Only seen in visions and understood in divine revelations. Um, and then he actually transfigured into this threefold intangible tabernacle pattern. This was the expression of himself, the explanation of Yahweh Elohim because he is the archetype original pattern of the universe. Everything came out of him as a pattern through the days of creation. And then even he came down even further and manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth planet as the savior. Yahshua, the Messiah, who died for mankind and for our sin. So um, to just go back a little bit about the story of Moses at the burning bush and, and Yahweh Elohim commissioning him to go down to Egypt and tell Pharaoh to let his people go, um, the children of Israel. And he gave Moses his name. 
Moses went down into Egypt, and Egypt means dark place. And during this time, um, just to cut it short, um, of course, Pharaoh did not want to let the children of Israel go. So Yahweh devastated Egypt with those 10 devastating plagues. He devastated Egypt. But there was a way out for the children of Israel. And um, and go ahead and get um, Exodus, the 12th chapter. Exodus 12 and 1? Mm-hmm, please. All right, that is Exodus 12 and 1. And Yahweh spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congreg congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of souls. Every man, according to his eating, shall make your count for the lamb. Your, sorry, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And ye shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat, eat it. Mm -hmm. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs and with the pertinence thereof. And you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning, ye shall burn with fire. And thus ye shall eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And ye shall eat it in haste. It is Yahweh's Passover. Okay, you can stop right there. Thank you. So the way that Yahweh delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, he told them to prepare the Passover feast. And the Passover and the killing of a lamb really represented Yahshua, who is the true lamb. And it says, blood of lamb of Yahweh, Yahshua, right there in that court roundabout. And let me just go back a little bit. I'm, I don't want to be all over the place. So I asked Yahshua, please put it together for me. You always the teacher and the speaker and is for the edification of the body. So I did mention that tabernacle pattern. So that tabernacle pattern, I do apologize, have, has a most holy place, a holy place in the court roundabout. So it makes it one tabernacle. Even the migratory track goes by the pattern this Moses chart. The Egypt represents the Korah, the wilderness of Sinai represents the holy place, and Canaan land represents the most holy place. And everything, and this is a picture of the more perfect 
uh, tabernacle that Yahweh pitched and not man, and this is called the universe. So down here in Egypt, this is representing the court roundabout and this darkness. That's why we have it painted black down here. So they had to take out that lamb, the lamb of the first year without spot and blemish. And when Yahshua was presented to Pontius Pilate, he said that he had he found no fault in him. So there was no fault, no sin with Yahshua whatsoever. He died for our sin. He was our sacrifice for us. So the children of Israel had to take that lamb. They had a basin of blood. They had to strike the upper doorpost and the two side posts, just like Yahshua when he died on the cross. He had the crown of thorns, nails in both hands and nails to his feet, pointing to the four points of blood that the children of Israel had to put four points of blood um, around that. Well, excuse me, there were four points of blood with the door, upper door post, two side posts, and the basin of blood. And it had to be on the inside because that's where our blood is, it's in the inside. So when that death angel passed over, that the house would not be destroyed because they had that blood in them. Just like now we have to have Yahshua in us so we can live in eternity with the hope of eternal glorification in Yahshua Messiah. So we mm -hmm. have to have that in us. So with the excuse me, excuse me, with the pattern, it also represents in the court roundabout, there's a blood principle a water principle and a spirit principle. Let's see if I can just slow it down. So uh, with the blood principle, we have again, the blood of the door with the children of Israel. Also with the altar of sin sacrifice, there is a blood um, principle. The children of Israel, had to cross the Red Sea. So there's a water principle, just like there is a basin of water, a, a labor of water in the court roundabout. So that represents the water principle. Yahshua representing that blood sacrifice for us. He was also baptized by John the Baptist to fulfill all righteousness, not to start or institute water baptism. He said, fulfilled. This is a school, you can go back and look and research, uh, what's that, Matthew 3, 13, 5, 17. It says fulfilled. He came in to fulfill all righteousness. And when John um, baptized Yahshua, there was a dove. And he was commissioned, go ahead and get it because I'm messing this really up. Uh, I think that's John, the first chapter, around the 29th verse, I believe. It's John. Um, John 1 and 29. I believe so. Uh, all right. The next day, John seeth Yahshua coming unto him and saith, 
Behold, the Lamb of Yahweh, which taketh away the sin of the world. Mm -hmm. This is he of whom I said, after me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come, baptizing with water. Mm -hmm. And John bare record, saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not. Okay, but you can stop right there. Excuse me, I do apologize. So there is a blood, water, spirit principle throughout this whole creation, throughout this migratory track, blood, water, spirit principle with the children of Israel, again, with the blood of the lamb, crossing the Red Sea, and there was a cloud in front of them representing the spirit and an angel was in the cloud that led them so representing blood water spirit with the with the tabernacle itself again with the blood of the on the altar and sacrifice the brazen label of water and there was a cup of holy anointed oil that the priest had to be anointed with so he could officiate in the sanctuary. So there's blood, water, spirit. So coming out of that darkness that Moses proclaimed the name of Yahweh, that was power. And he told the children of Israel to stand still and see the salvation of Yahweh because they murmured about having to uh, leave in Egypt and and and, and thinking they were being led to be killed. But he told them to stand still and see the salvation of Yahweh. So that's Yahshua, because Yahweh, Yahshua name means Yahweh is salvation. Should right. mean salvation and deliverance. So we are also making this migratory track because like the previous speaker, may mention that Yahweh had to come and introduce himself. He came down. He came right where we, where we are. Again, he is no respecter of person. He came down to deliver us out of the darkness of this world, you know, and proclaim the name of Yahweh and Yahshua. So when we do the research and it's proven to us without a shadow of a doubt, we can be liberated out of that darkness. You know, we being immersed by the preaching of this beautiful gospel. It is absolutely beautiful. And it's the Holy Spirit within us that's teaching and revealing these things to us. Right. So just like the children of Israel coming out in the land of, um, in the wilderness of Sinai, you know, with the, with the building of this tabernacle pattern that Yahweh called Moses on top of Mount Sinai and gave him the vision of this tabernacle pattern and commissioned him to build one just like it in the wilderness of Sinai. Again, this is a school and not a church, and I'm going to yield the floor soon. It is in to be proven. Exodus, what, 
the 25th chapter, 8, 9, and verse 40. You know, he told him to build it just like it, told him to build it just like it that he saw in that mount. Again, it had a most holy place, holy place in the court round about. Those divine, nine divine attributes also correlates to the nine vessels in the tabernacle. Now, I, I just cannot, uh, not capable of doing so, but it does. You know, we have, again, those vessels in the court roundabout. One, the altar of sin sacrifice. Two, the brazen labor of water. Three, the cup of holy anointing oil. And then when you go through the door on this fourth step, we're in the holy place with the seven branch candle lampstand, the table showbread, and the altar incense. So those are three vessels there as well. And in the most holy place, we have the Ark of the Covenant. We have the two archangels overshadowing the mercy seat, a three and one beaten, golden beaten piece. So there's three there. So it's nine divine vessels. Now there are other vessels in the tabernacle. There's many chapters that go into detail about the structure and function of this tabernacle pattern. But there are nine divine attributes, nine divine vessels. There's nine planets in the solar system. There's nine numbers in the numbering. I can't say the proper name for it, but you know what I mean. There's nine major systems in your body. Everything goes according to this pattern. And you just can't dispute it because he says in Romans 1, 19 and 20, it takes the natural things to understand the spiritual things of him. So even when we're going through this migratory trek and when we accept Yahshua, he brings us up. And when he says stand in a holy place, he's not talking about anything physical. We worship Yahweh in spirit and in truth. The physical is done with. A carnal mind is a terrible thing. You know, we live in this world, but a carnal mind is a terrible thing. It gingers strife. Stay in the spirit of the things. The physical manifests what the spiritual reality is. The seven branch candle lampstand was light onto them. And light is synonymous to understanding. So when we're standing in a holy place, we're getting an understanding every time that we are in, just immersed in this gospel. And when we're studying and asking Yahshua for wisdom and understanding, he will reveal it to his sons. We have the table of showbread. That was food and substance to the priest. So this gospel is our true substance that we need to sustain in, in this world. Again, I'm going to go back to the comfort. If you're looking for any comfort in this crazy world, it is Yahshua, the true comforter. We have the altar incense that is representing Yahshua because he is the true mediator. No one goes and cannot get to the Father but through Yahshua. And that's what Moses also represented. He represented a intercessor 
for the children of Israel because they couldn't withstand Yahweh speaking from that mouth. So he was the interceder, if I'm saying that properly, you know, for the children of Israel. But the reality is Yahshua in us is the true intercessor. So when he took off that flesh, he rid the veil. That sixth step is that second veil. So we can have some understanding of how to worship our Heavenly Father in spirit and in truth. You know, and that's what he wishes us to worship him, wants us to worship. He told us in the scriptures, those sacrifices, he had no pleasure in them, but it was just a type and shadow at the time that they were utilized. And it was in a different age and dispensation. We have to know where we are now. Again, this is a school and it's not a church. It's a lot to learn. I'm so grateful that Yahshua pulled me out of that darkness of the world because it will bring you down to who know what. But Yahshua can bring us up because we're going to go on that same track of a death, burial, and resurrection throughout our entire life, you know, but it never fails because Yahweh never fails. And we want to be presentable to our true husband, to our true parent who provides us with everything that takes care of everything. We want to worship him as he wants us to, not how we think we should worship him. And definitely not physically so because he done away with that through Yahshua who fulfilled everything that was written of him in the law and the prophets. And at this time, I'd like to yield the floor and thank you so very much for another opportunity. Thank you, Yahshua. All praises, honor, and glory to Yahshua always. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Brown. And for our next speaker, we'd like to call Dr. Sean Wright. Good evening. Good evening, class. Good evening. So, uh, as the uh, previous speakers have said, it already it's an honor and a pleasure um, to be in the presence of the body of Yahshua Messiah and to have anything to say um, in regards to my creator and savior. Um, I really appreciate it and I enjoyed class thus far. Uh, from the prayer, I'm telling you the the prayer like really sets the tone um, for how the class is gonna gonna go. You know the direction in which we're gonna go a lot of times. So I really appreciated that prayer, and um, in reality, I'm thanking Yahshua for that prayer uh, because right. he is the only only intercessor. And if we notice, and if we can recognize that through any vessel, that's who we thank it is Yahshua the Messiah through you at all times, because that's the mission is to be conscious and aware of the ever presence 
of Yahweh, our element, through his son, Yahshua. That's the whole mission of this class, um, is to make us aware of that and to become, become conscious of that, that Yahweh is never not present. Um, last, I, I, I thank Yahshua for the love of the body. Um, I really meant that. Uh, Yahweh's been having me. I had to go back, um, and I'll say this as well too. Uh, before I before I go anywhere else, um, I appreciated the admonishment from that class too. Um, and that admonishment was coming directly from Yahweh because. Like the prayer was given today. Without Yahshua, we can do nothing. Now we keep saying that, but let's get it. Let's get it. Cause somebody out there ain't never heard that before. Somebody out there may not know that that's in the book. You understand? So if y'all could get for me uh John 15 and 16. Uh that's John 15 and Yep, John 15 and 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt. Please forgive me. Who is speaking here? It's in red letters, so this is this, uh, Yahshua. This is Yahshua speaking. Um, now this is, if we want to talk about timeline, this is before his death and resurrection, correct? Correct. Uh, please continue. Mm -hmm. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whosoever you shall ask of the, excuse me, whatsoever you shall ask of the father in my name, he may give it. That's right. Um, he said, now you haven't chosen me, but I've chosen you. We, we've gotten this, this idea from that's been created and erected at some point in our life that uh, God was lost and we found him. You understand? Not so. Um, we were lost without him. And he came and found us just like Joshua gave a parable about the shepherd and the sheep. And that good shepherd would leave that flock, leave the 99 just to go and find that one lost that straight off somewhere. You understand? Please continue reading. Uh -huh. 17th verse. These things I command you that you love one another. If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Okay, stop. I have to go back and get the 14th chapter um, of John. Because right here, Yahshua is, he, he's speaking directly to some particular folks. You understand? Um, so go to, uh, I'm sorry, go to, go to 17. You can, you actually, you know what, continue here first. And then I want you to get John 17 and, uh, and one. But continue here and, and we'll uh, finish the point here. Okay. Um, okay. So 
Dr. Jackson, I'm looking for in this particular chapter here, I'm looking for um that without me even do nothing. I know you, you're probably coming up too, but yeah, fifteen five. Oh, it's see, I always forget it's it's uh it's before. <laughs> it's fifteen and five. Okay. Can you go back and get that real quick? And then we'll we'll finish this point up right here. John 15 and 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. All right. If you know anything about a, a, um, a vineyard, you know, you have uh, similar to uh, a tree and its root systems. You know, you got a, you got a root system where that vine comes from, right? And then they branch off. You understand? Right. Branches have fruit or they bear fruit. You understand? So Yahshua here is saying, I am the vine, right? Or I'm the main stem. You understand? Just like that, if you go in the uh in the holy place and you have that seven branch candlestick or lampstand, and you got one main branch in the middle of the fourth branch, you understand? And that one feeds all the other ones. You understand? So it's like like none of this here. Yahshua says, I am the vine. Read. I am the vine, ye are the branches. Mm. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. And we can go over to Galatians and we can uh we can look up what those fruits of the spirit are. You understand? Um, so he's saying, if, if you abide in me, you gonna bear fruit, much right. fruit, much fruit that is, um, continue on. Mm -hmm. Six verse, um, yep. Yeah, six verse. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Okay. Um, this should start to begin to give us and teach us some humility because if you're not a part of Yahshua, if you don't abide in Yahshua, see, you have a destination. You also have one if you do abide with him, a pleasant one, you understand? Uh, one that will be assimilated, you understand? And uh, be utilized over and over and over and over again. But the latter there, which he said, you're going to be cast out and without the body. You understand? Think about that eternally for your soul's sake. Um, go back down to uh, where we left off at after the 15th or 16th verse, if you would, please. Okay. Um, I'll go back to 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whosoever ye, excuse me, I always say that, but that whatsoever ye shall ask of my father in my name, he may give it you. And Dr. Kinley would often say, you understand, he will refer to that and reference that. Um, if you if you ask anything in his name and then within his purpose, he has. That's right. He has no other choice but to answer that and grant that because it's his purpose. So we can ask things all we want. We can ask of this and that and the other. 
But if it ain't within his purpose, if it's not according to his will, it won't happen. It won't take fruition. You understand? Um, so knowing, understanding this, that right there, that, you know, without Yahshua, we can do nothing. That ought to bring us very, very low and humble um, in our uh, in our journeys throughout this life uh, because we abide within eternity. And I think about oftentimes the finite meanderings of the mind. You know that, that word finite is within infinite or infinity, you understand? So your finite meanderings or wanderings of your mind are, they can be infinite, but they are within eternity as well too. Yahweh gives you all those things, you understand? But if you ask to focus you and channel your mind and your thinking, he will always have you thinking about the sufferings of the Messiah. And your troubles and your woes will become none because right. you realize that see you really don't have no and i'm, I'm gonna get to that too but dr kenley he says that <laughs> you really ain't had no problems right physical you really don't have none he even said that cancer is just no nothing more than a really bad cold that's all you know what i'm saying so we i do to have done a lot of complaining you understand but it is the grace and mercy of Yahweh that he allows me to continually get up and kill that old man. You understand? He said, don't let that, don't let that uh, shine get up. You understand? He got to die daily. And that's what I want to get through today. You have to die in order to go to heaven. It's imperative. Now that's gotta be broken down. Just like if someone says, I appreciate the love. Well, that's a whole lot, you understand? That's gotta be broken down. Love is an action word, it's a verb. Now I've been reading this uh, particular book entitled The Four Agreements. Uh -huh. It's by uh, Don Luke. Don, uh, Don Rees, uh, oh man, I forget his last name. Don Rees, Don Miguel Ruiz. Um, but in it, it talks about and breaks down these four agreements, which are uh, be the first agreement is be impeccable with your word, not words as in plural. But word, I appreciated uh, one of the speakers going back and getting talking about uh, John one and one. Um, and this word and the word being made flesh, you understand? Um, let's get that really quick. Did we, I had another scripture out. Did we, uh, was I holding? You, uh, you said John 17 and one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Can we get that real quick? And then I want to get John 1 and 1. All right, John 17 1. These words spake Yahshua and lifted up his eyes into heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. 
glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Right. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true Elohim, and Yahshua the Messiah, whom thou hast sent. Read that again one more time, please. Third verse. And this is life eternal. So you have might... the definition. I'm sorry, Dr. Lewis. You have the definition of what life eternal is. I didn't know that before coming to this class. We did a we did a project some years ago. Um, Dr. Joseph Martin, who was a former president of Southfield Branch, and he did this list on the on the whiteboard, and it was everything that we didn't know before coming in here. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. we filled that thing up how many times over? You know, so you can you can just understand that all the things you didn't know, and this was one of them. Didn't know that there was a just laid out explanation of what eternal life is. Now, eternal life is to what now? That they might know thee, the only true element, and Yahshua the Messiah, whom thou hast sent. Now, he's praying to the Father. And he's saying that they might know thee, Father Yahweh, that thou art Elohim. And you are me, because this is Yahshua speaking, right? That's red letter. Right. Go back to the 14th chapter. He he's talking and telling the disciples how he and my father and I are one. You understand? So he's he's continuing repeating the same thing, saying the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Um if he don't do that, if he don't repeat himself, if he don't tell you the same thing, you be lost. You know what I'm saying? So he's telling them again here that. This is eternal life. That you know that they might know that. Yahweh, you are Elohim and Yahshua the Messiah whom thou have sent. Read on. I'm going to switch to the holy name Bible. I'll start okay. three. And this is life eternal, that they might know that thou only art the true El and Yahshua the Messiah whom thou hast sent. Mm -hmm. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Mm -hmm. I have declared thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Okay, thy now this is what I want everybody to pay attention to. He said, I declare thy name, Yahweh, Elohim, Yahshua, I declare thy name to the ones which thou hast given me. Read. Out of the world, thine they were, and thou gavest them me, mm -hmm. and they have kept thy word. Right. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. Hold on. Now he said, they have kept thy word. I want y'all to pay attention to that, that word, word. <laughs> Be referencing that quite often. That word. In reality, and we'll go back to John 1 and 1 and, and, and get this understood too, who the, the word is, you understand? Uh, but continue reading. That's the uh, eighth verse. Mm -hmm. For I have given them the words which thou gavest me, mm -hmm. and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, 
and they have believed that Dow did sent me. I now, that, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Dr. Lewis, I'm sorry to interrupt you again. Um, if we go back to the law and the prophets, Yahweh speaking through Isaiah says that my word shall go forth and it shall not return unto me void. Is that right? Right. Now he gave them the words that were given unto him. Yahshua did. He gave his disciples those words and commandments to keep, you understand? But in reality, that previous statement he made, and they kept thy word. Yahshua is the word. And indeed, they, they did keep him. All but one of them did. Who was the son of perdition in their midst, which was Judah. But they indeed kept his word. Read on. Sorry about that. All right. I pray for them. That's the ninth verse, 17 and 9. I pray for them. I pray not for the world. Stop. For them. Stop. What do you mean? I thought he came in and he died for the world. Right. That's what was saying here. I pray for them, which he said, Yahweh, those that Yahweh you gave me, I pray for them. Read. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me. For and they he, are he did die for all mankind. He did. But in doing that, he did know that some would not believe. Mm -hmm. Read on, I'm sorry. For they are thine. Mm -hmm. And all mine are thine. Mm -hmm. And thine are mine. And I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in, in the world, but these are, <laughs> excuse me. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, mm -hmm. Holy Father, Take and keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that okay. they may be one as we are one. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, so he, he prayed for them, his disciples, to be one as he, Yahshua, and Yahweh are one. Um, can we go to John 1 and 1? Mm -hmm. That's John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with Yahweh, and the Word was Yahweh. Okay, stop for one moment. Um, things that, and I appreciate it again, I have to appreciate, give thanks to Yahweh for the admonishment um, in that previous class. That you go back to what was, uh, what drew you. Go back to what drew you or what solidified and sealed you. Right. You Yahweh to revisit those things and rehearse those things and, and make them perfect in you because everything that he gave us is, is perfect. Don't need no patchwork. Just have to get an understanding. Mm -hmm. All that getting, out of getting knowledge and wisdom out of everything. Get an understanding of whatever you're learning, becoming knowledgeable about, get an understanding of it. Um, so I appreciate that admonishment. Um, continue on here. 
Mm -hmm. Second verse, the same was in the beginning with Yahweh. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Okay, so it's a lot right there to unpack, just in those first two verses. In the beginning of what? And who's talking? So this is right. John the uh, Revelator, right? This is the beloved of Yahshua, you know, the one that was in his bosom. You know? This is him. This is the youngest of the, of the, of the pack, if you will. And he's, he's the last to uh, be alive uh, out of all the apostles. Uh, so he's saying in the beginning. In the beginning of what? So you have to understand that John, the revelator, he's been commissioned. Uh, he wrote five books. St. John, first through third John, and then the book of Revelation, right? Someone else, another notable prophet was inspired to write some books as well too. And he, by chance, wrote five books, Moses. And so what's happening is John here is having a vision, just like Moses had a vision. And you can pick that up. You know, we have homework. You can pick that up over in uh, Exodus 24 chapter. Um, see how uh, he was invited up into the mount by his minister, Joshua. And he transfigured him before him at the pinnacle of that mount into, into Elohim and then into the pattern. And so John here is, he's witnessing very self-same thing. If you can pull up uh, the chart, um, <clears throat> the Moses chart. And uh, if you look at the top of that cloud on the left where Moses is laid out and he's seeing the panorama of Elohim, he's on a mountaintop, right? And then if all the way over to the right, mm -hmm. John, he's on a mountain as well, or it's an aisle that's protruding out of water, you understand? Or a mountaintop. <laughs> so they're both on a mountaintop, or both elevated and seeing a panoramic vision of Elohim. Moses from the beginning to the end, and John from the end to the beginning. So this is where we're picking up in. Um, we're witnessing John's vision of the beginning of the purpose of Yahweh. Uh, continue on and read. Okay, I'll start that over. John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with Yahweh, and the Word was Yahweh. So the, the same was in the beginning. Oh, I'm sorry. And the same was in the beginning with Yahweh. Mm -hmm. So the word was with Yahweh and the word was Yahweh. I remember uh, Dr. Uh, Jeremy Brazil, um, you know, with, with reference and uh, use some geometry, you know what I mean? And A equals B equals C, you know? So A equals C and B equals C, and they're all the same, in other words, you understand? The word and Yahweh, 
the word is Yahweh and the word was. You understand? The word is Yahweh. Read on. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So all things were made and by the word, right? Mm -hmm. without him was not anything made that was made. Read. Right. And him was life, and the life was the light of men. Mm -hmm. And the light. Mm -hmm. Continue. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. And the light shineth in darkness. And darkness comprehended it not. Fourteen mm -hmm. verse, and the word was made flesh, All right. and dwelt among us. Mm -hmm. And the and word we beheld his glory. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, go ahead. I'm sorry, Doctor. No, no, that's okay. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. All right. So there in the 14th verse, it said the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So that word was none other than Yahshua the Messiah. See, that came down and was able to be touched and handled, you understand? And, and seen of men. And it's like, uh, oh, thank you for that, um, bringing that chart up uh, down on the bottom of that chart you see pure spirit number one and then Elohim in super incorporeal form and that's what Moses was uh, uh, had the opportunity to see he saw Joshua or Yahshua see because there is no J in the Hebrew Greek or Latin languages to this day, you understand? So that really and truly was Joshua, his minister, Moses' minister, transfigured up in that mountain, you understand? And he witnessed the super incorporeal form. And then he transfigured back into, back in, you know what I'm saying? Back into his physical form. Um, and Joshua did that as well too, over in, uh, with his disciples over in the 17th chapter of Matthew, um, where he took them up onto the mount. You understand? Two brothers and an elder. So I was liking unto uh, Moses going up with, uh, see, Nadab and Bayhu right here, right? And his, and his, uh, and, and, and his brother, Moses' brother. Aaron, you understand, but he was taken up onto the pinnacle or to the to the uh, top of the mountain. But going back to uh, uh, this word being made flesh, um, I I got all that to uh, um, to talk about this uh, this book that I've been reading, and um, within this book it talks about these four agreements, right? And so the first agreement, it says, be impeccable with your word. And that word, impeccable in that statement, be impeccable with your word. The word impeccable, it comes from uh, Picare, Latin word Picare. 
which means sin or to sin. Now the M or the I am in impeccable means to be free or without sin or without fault or blame. So that first agreement, be without blame with your word or have your word be without sin or fault. You understand? Um, it talks about how uh, our words that we used are like a two-edged sword. I mean, this stuff just hit right home. Previous, one of the previous speakers uh, talked about in the previous class, you know. You compare these religions and these other writings and things out there. But you take the, the salt with the sugar, you understand? And Yahweh will be able to, these things have been uh, opened up, knowledge has been opened up, you understand, to right. out here, you know? But this vision is what corrects everything. The vision is going to correct everything or it's going to defog and clarify everything that you come across. Whatever you eat, whatever you pick up, see, it won't harm you. Isn't that what he told his disciples? You can go out and eat, you know, partake of whatever. And it won't, it won't harm you. Right. You understand? And so that's what he's given us the ability to do now. See, is to discern by way of this vision. Um, so going on in this book, <laughs> talks about how this word, your words can be like a double-edged sword. You understand? And isn't, isn't the Holy Spirit like that? That's how uh, Paul, Paul described him. See, the dividing asunder of the soul like a two-edged sword so your word can be like a two-edged sword it can create heaven on earth or it can create hell but nevertheless whither shall i go <laughs> where shall i go to escape the presence of yahweh where are you gonna go to escape the presence of yahweh what david say David said, if I take the, the wings of an angel and, and ascend to the heights of heaven, Yahweh, you're there. If I were to descend down to the depths of hell, Yahweh, you are there. We can be in our death state, you understand, in our own pattern. And Yahweh is there because you can't have a, a resurrection without some, you got to go through a death. You got to be buried in it. And then, my goodness, you know, just like the, the coming of spring, <laughs> we're going in the fall now, you understand? And we're going to be buried in winter. There's some type of precipitation. But however long you've been on this earth, you understand? 
You've been resurrected out of that. It never fails. Just like the seemingly rising and setting of the sun. You expect it because it has not failed. It has done that over and over and over. That's the repetition of Yahweh. And with that, you don't have any excuse not knowing him and his son, his, his savior, Yahshua the Messiah. He's, he's, Dr. Kennedy you have no excuse. The heavens declare the glory of El. You understand? And they show forth his handiwork. So this book, I'm telling you, is, is really a, I'm on the second go around in this book. It's really, 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 I'm getting more and more out of it as I keep going back through it. Because Yahweh re revealing more and more as I keep revisiting it. Um, it talks about the your word is the power you have to create. And it's given, he says it's given directly from God. We know it's given directly from Yahweh. And then he talks about, he brought up that uh, John 1 and 1. And the word can either set you free or it can enslave you. You understand? The word, when the children of Israel were migrating out of Egypt, that word that, that led them, you understand? And get that for me too, if you could. Um, I think that's uh, 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. Um, talks about that rock. It's 1 Corinthians 10, I'll just start at one. <clears throat> Excuse me. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea right. and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea mm -hmm. and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was the Messiah. Now that rock actually led them. It would go See and lead them, and then it would go in between or behind them, and go in between them and the, and the Egyptian. See, and it was it was darkness unto them Egyptian. Mm -hmm. It was light unto the children of Israel. You understand? So much so that through their entire course and trek, they were never in darkness. Whether it be uh, a nighttime and the sun was down, be the the clouds that led them, <laughs> went up on the, on the top of that Mount Sinai, see, and it would turn into a pillar of fire. And then they had the sun about their life, you understand? So that word was indeed, it can be darkness unto you, or it can be your guiding light, you understand? The second agreement, it says, don't take anything personal. These things that we have not known and 
never heard before in our lives. Research them, investigate them. That's the fourth aim. What's the fourth aim? The fourth aim is to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures. First, the study of the scriptures and the way he, he words that is precise. Is precise and it's it's purposed. Encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, modern, practical, and occult science. Mm -hmm. See, investigate all those things. But don't get all like Dr. Kinley encouraged. See, don't get all tightened up and bent out of shape. Or in other words, don't take it personal. Just go and investigate and see if it's true or not. You understand? See if Yahweh be true. <laughs> the third agreement is don't make assumptions. And then the fourth agreement is do your best. Them last two, the first two really, really uh, grabbed and, and took my attention. Um, but I encourage you guys go and uh, check out that that book. It's really uh, it's really really excellent. Um, but Yahweh has been uh, he's he's also had me over the last few years. Been researching some things. Um, and I had uh, he had me uh research this, start this uh, research project called and I titled it the U Project. Um, and he had me to go in research and pull up various transcripts and Elohim book and the panoramic vision pamphlet. Oh my goodness. It's so much latent in those. In those epistles. Um, first, I want you to get, if you could, uh, the Elohim uh, textbook, volume one. And it's under basic scriptural and scientific preparation. Mm -hmm. Volume one. Yep. And uh, Dr. Hamilton, it's it's uh, it's the paragraph that begins with our aim here is to lead you. Mm -hmm. Up a little bit, please. Mm -hmm. It's on that page, just up a little bit. Oh, just up, okay. Mm -hmm. A little bit more. It should be. Oh, you got it. Yeah, it's kind of different. Uh, hold on one second. Okay. Yeah, it's right before the steps. Am I in the uh, mm -hmm. right before he does step one? And... Okay. I probably just passed it. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay, here it is. Mm -hmm. okay. Our aim here is to lead you step by step to an indisputable 
profound knowledge of Yahweh, our elder, and a permanent conscientious realization of his universal ever presence in whom we live, move, and have our being, and a realistic and comprehensible understanding of his incorporeal and physical manifestations throughout the universe. That's a whole mouthful there. And he said, he wants us to have and lead us to step by step, you understand, not just willy nilly, but right. in a purpose, step by step. And that's why I appreciate these, these past classes going over this textbook, man. It's, it's awesome. Um, really making us focus and, and keep our mindset on Yahshua the Messiah. Right. But take a step by step to a profound knowledge of Yahweh and a permanent, you understand? He uses some heavy words, a permanent, not is not a, a, a realization that's gonna fleet you later on, you understand me? But it's gonna be there permanently. Permanent consciousness is realization of his universal ever presence. And we live and move in that, you understand? Every day, it's not a day where you're not in his presence. Whether you're waking up next to somebody, you are alone. You're in his presence at all times. Read on. Uh, okay, before this gigantic task can be universally accomplished, that is, with the sincere with sincere appreciation, we must first realize the direct course of procedure by which the invisible. Yahweh Elohim chose to create the universe and to make himself fully known as he really is and actually exists. That first, sounds like the first name to me. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> right. That was all I wanted there, uh, uh, Dr. Hamilton, okay. on that uh, topic. Thank you. Um, next, Yahweh had to, after digesting that next he he explained to me now you have to you have to understand what you i'm talking to right. next thing i want you to get is the panoramic vision pamphlet if you could and i know it's only a few minutes left i want to just grab these real quick and um just hit a certain particular topics real quick points i don't know if i have that one on hand uh or you have that one if you don't, I, I have a question. Go ahead and read it, Sean. Yeah, go ahead and read it, Sean. All right. Uh, this uh, is coming from the Panoramic Vision pamphlet um, uh, written by uh, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley. Uh, and it says, I did not exist in relation to anything I could recognize. All I could recognize was me. This was the part of me which was created in the image and likeness of Elohim to that me that the creator spoke. He could do nothing with the egotistical, misdirected personality which had evolved from the many misconstrued conceptions as a creature of earthly flesh. So there is a you that he is going to be talking to and communing with and then there is that part of you that, yeah, he, 
he can't have nothing to do with. And that part of you cannot accept <laughs> spirit, if that makes sense. The next, uh, the next thing uh, he had me to look at was it's a transcript entitled The Mystery of Iniquity, Satanic Spirit with the Carnal Mind in the Flesh. I'm looking forward to you got it. Just wanted to take a, I just hit some little excerpts out of here. Um, mm. And it's funny how, man, I'm telling you, I, I had to go back and clean out my, my Gmail. And it was like a period of three and a half years worth of Dr. Kinley quotes and quotes of the day. Three and a half years. Mm -hmm. You understand? That's, that's mm -hmm. one of the three and a half years worth of Dr. Kinley quotes. You understand? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that I have uh, the, the ability to go back and just revisit it. Yeah. It's nice. It never gets old, you know what I'm saying? I got a, I got a whole refrigerator worth of uh, uh, leftovers, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but this expert excerpt in this, uh, it starts, um, the mystery of iniquity, satanic spirit with the carnal mind in the flesh. Now, just mm -hmm. a minute, just a minute, folks. This is Dr. Kinley speaking. Now, this is what I'm saying. Look up here, please, and give me your undivided attention. Mm -hmm. has come all the way down deceiving on earth and come all the way down through these dispensations and ages from the cast out of heaven appeared in the garden of Eden and that's what Ezekiel said over, over there and he's come all the way down through here and now he's incarnated in just one man there ain't but just one devil the rest of them is demons they mm -hmm. are incarnated in physical bodies now, folks, that brings me down to have to say this to you. Now, it's either got to be the Holy Spirit and Yahweh is spirit that's in you or it's just got to be the other fellow. Now, there ain't no way out of that. It's just one way or the other. There ain't no straddling the fence. It's just one way. Right. <laughs> He's making real distinction. Uh, it's, no, it's, it's no gray area. You know what I'm saying? He's making it just like Yahshua said in Revelation. You be either hot or cold or I'll spew you out of my mouth. The next one, the last one I got was uh, erroneous doctrine preached from the floor. Real quick. Um, he says here, Dr. Kinley says, now the devil would have you to do this, to get up on this floor, on this rostrum here, and try to show you where you're so much smarter than anybody else. Now, you're not any smarter than anybody else. I don't care who you are. You're not any smarter than, than the other fellow. All of us. None of us wouldn't know anything at all about Yahweh if he hadn't revealed his purpose to us. So now you quit exalting yourself by getting up here trying to say something about somebody. And another thing, too, is, and I knew about it, getting up here personating people saying when I put the finger on somebody then they're the devil a satanic spirit now that means that you are one you wouldn't have said that if you hadn't been 
you wouldn't have said that if you hadn't have been. Mm -hmm. I had to go back <laughs> and oh, the, the last one in up and it's only a few minutes left, but go back and do homework on this. The last, the last transcript is the Holy spirit in you guiding your conscience. That one is really, really, really an eye opener. Oh my goodness. Cause he, he brings it up to date and up to you. It really brings it home to you individually. Right. Your disposition and your deportment and how you treat the brethren, you understand? No, we're not always going to like one another. But he said, he said this to one of the elders, I like to call them, that walked around with Dr. Kim. And this is one of the interviews I had, uh, saw from Dr. Will Williams. Um, he told this couple, he said, now make sure you don't despise nobody. Don't despise nobody, because that's me. That's me. He said, if you're despising somebody, that's me you're despising. That's me you're That's me you're showing that evil disposition and deportment to, you understand? So again, I want to say thank you to the brethren for your love, appreciation, and I encourage us all to treat each other with, with kindness. You don't have to like one another. It ain't about that anyway, you understand? But sure, don't hurt nobody out here, you understand? If you ain't gonna help nobody, that's my grandfather used to tell me. If you ain't gonna help nobody, don't hurt nobody. And with that, I say thank you, Joshua, for the opportunity. And hallelujah. 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 Uh, thank you very much. Yes. I'm sorry, just I wanted to make a quick announcement about what Sean just mentioned. That transcript. We listened to the audio of that uh back in January. So it's on the YouTube if you want to hear the audio to the um and read the transcript along. The Holy Spirit got in your conscience making an intercession for you. Okay. January 4th, 2022 on our YouTube channel. Awesome. Thank you. I will definitely do that. Appreciate that, Dr. Lewis. And uh, thank you, Dr. Wright. We enjoyed that. Um, that brings a conclusion to our uh, class for today. We want to once again thank all our visitors our speakers, the prayer, the scripture readers, we thank you always. And we hope and pray that Yahshua has said something that'll prick your heart and mind to come back and study with us. We hope that he continues to guide you through this uh, world that we live in and to keep us all close because we're all we have. And we hold our classes here on Zoom on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and Sundays from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. This Sunday will be a Zoom class, so our class will start at 11.30 a.m. And now let us all rise in our hearts and minds to give a moment of prayer and reverence to our Savior, Yahshua Messiah, through the doxology. Now to him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory 
with exceeding joy to the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua, the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time, now and forever. Let us all say, hallelujah. 